Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Huskies on Tap, a podcast for the Huskies by the Huskies, presented to you by Fatty's Pub and Grill and brought to you by On Tap Sportsnet. I'm your host, Brendan Suarez. You can follow me on Twitter at BDON300, and you can follow my main account at Huskies on Tap. Today, we're going to be breaking down last night's crushing defeat 29 to 23 at home against the Miami of Ohio Redhawks in the battle for the Mallory Cup. But before we get started, as promised, I'm joined by a special guest, a guy who's done many shows for uh, for the On Tap brand and Huskies On Tap and specifically, but a guy that's moved on to bigger and better things. Friend of mine, Ethan Wiles. Ethan, how are you today, my guy? Bro, it feels a little weird to hear a special guest. Not going <laughs> to lie to you. Uh, <laughs> definitely a little weird, but definitely good to be back at the same time. Um, yeah, doing big things. Obviously, both of us working out in the sports world now. Um, doing things out in Rockford, still working with NIU occasionally. Um, actually listened to the presser from last night today. So, um, you know, still being able to keep involved with everything NIU and, um, you know, still see you at our games and, you know, with basketball season starting up here too, I know our paths will cross just as much as they did uh, with football season. So, yeah, I was a DNP for the presser last night, one too many beers. And in that case, I guess, one is I had more than one beer. I'll have you know. But well, I think yeah. with us surviving that weather, though, like we were football guys. Like football guys deserve the beers afterwards. Like we were, we were sitting out there waiting for some of the guys, and they all had their chicken tendies. Like they deserve the chicken tendies. Like we deserve to have those we beers. Deserve, last night. It's like uh, Adam Sandler, and I'll bring the beers. Yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, no. And, that, and if you were a listener and you were out there weathering the storm at Husky Stadium, hats off to you because even because we were down there, what, the touchdown village for the whole game with the heaters on and all that stuff. And all things considered, it wasn't that bad. And then obviously you throw in, you go grab a snack, you go hit the bathroom, you go into the heated spots of the stadium every now and then. And you can you can make it through fourth quarters but or through four quarters. But yeah, like. Started off great, right? We were kind of talking about, you know, Liam's birthday. Liam's going to get a touchdown. Liam scores the leadoff touchdown after Richardson gives us three on the first drive to give us a 10-0 lead. And everything seemed like it was going all right. And and then before you know it, defensive safety, and then then it turned into a real battle from there. Well, I think it's one thing that you and I touched on at halftime, too, was we were up, what, 10 nothing, And it was – let's hope that we don't come out too conservative. And I think going into that game, the the obvious play was to run the ball, given the conditions. And, you know, this seems a run-first offense anyway. So they got the run game established early on, and I think that they obviously were trying to open up the passing game a little bit. and um, They were able to do so really well, but, you know, getting that run game established was key last night, and they did in the first half. And then obviously uh, our guy Ontario breaking one off in the second half as well. Uh, but, yeah, just couldn't get those uh, key stops in the second half. And going back, like I said, I listened to the press conference, and Coach Hammock pretty much just talked about the lack of execution across the board, offense, defense, special teams. And you and I both know if you don't execute, you're not going to win a football game. Yeah, it comes down to execution. You can call it up as nice as you want from the coaching box, but at the end of the day, the players have to go out there and make a play. And I think that another thing, too, that was kind of a – there's two plays in mind that were like back back breaking blows. And one of them was, you know, Nevin Kremiscoli puts a puts a dot in the end zone for Messiah Travis. And we all thought he caught it, bro. Like it was literally a walk in touchdown. All he had to do is catch the ball in the end zone. 
drops that ball in the end zone. I don't think we were able to come away with points on that drive, if not maybe a field goal. And then, unfortunately for Nevin, the other one, this one's not really his fault. Well, well, this one, the first one was not really his fault. The second one was the pick. Can't have picks in plus territory, man. You can't, you can't force stuff like that. And especially in a game when you're chasing, you're a young guy, you don't want to be making those type of mistakes. But I think all things considered, with him getting thrown into an actual impossible situation, he's done as good as you could possibly do. It's not like we're we're going to get Joe Montana, you know, with a kid coming fresh out of high school. Yeah, I think that was one thing he touched on last night too, uh, with his pro, uh, post game press conference was just how much he's grown over, you know, three, four, five weeks now, whatever it's been. Um, and I think you've seen it in his gameplay too. I mean, there was a lot of throws last night that, I mean, hell, despite the snow, despite that ball being wet, you know, he was able to get it in there. And, um, you know, that interception at the end was one thing he touched on and said he wants that ball back. But the one thing that really stuck home with me is he's been working all week in practice on protecting the ball. And I think outside of the fumble in the end zone, I think that was really the only turnover yesterday, right? Uh, well, yeah, yeah, the safety and the pick. And that's, that's really the two turnovers. And that safety was such a – bizarre play too I was it we were obviously the opposite side of that but going back and watching the highlight of that just looked like a case of of wet ball and and not getting the not getting the the two hands on it but um you know the the conditions were tough last night but you know you got to come down and execute and uh just couldn't do that last night well and I think too like anytime you get a game like that with the weather like that it's going to be hard in those tough, like those tight situations, those third and fourth and ones, when you're trying to make a guy miss an open space and maybe a slip, you know, on the snow or it's just, it's not ideal. But I think that if there is one thing that coach Hammock always preaches, like, do you remember we lived behind the field for two years? They practice outside those elements. They get ready because they know they're going to have games at the end of the season that are in that weather. I feel like, you know, jumping out to a 10-0 lead, you, you got to be able to build on that. And they weren't able to score. They only scored in the first and third quarter of this game. So they had the Ontario Brown touchdown and the Casper Rukowitz touchdown in the third quarter, Liam in the field goal in the first quarter, and then nothing in the second and fourth. And I feel that for some reason, like this year, well, I wouldn't even say for some reason. It's just not – we don't have the Jimmys and Joes right now. But in those crunch time – moments where we've needed like a drive i know we just got one last week with justin lynch but i don't understand like uh why we only saw he, he only had two carries in a game like this where you start with a 10-0 lead i don't understand why you don't play to your strengths and just ptr and just pound the rock i do give you credit for that because you are you are definitely the one of the main people in that press conference every week that will ask about Justin Lynch and getting him involved and I I agree with that 100%. I mean, it only it takes pressure out. off Nevin too. It, that's what I was about to say. It would only help out a young guy and young quarterback like that to, you know, get him a break and you know, get him off to the sideline for, you know, a player too and you know, what are you seeing? What are you seeing? Talk to the coach a little bit, maybe get him in that rhythm, but especially when you got a dual threat guy like uh, like Lynch who can run the ball um, especially like I mentioned in this offense that is clearly run first at this point with, with guys like Cole Tucker out yesterday. And you know, I, I think that's just one of the many guys that were out. We've been dealing with injuries left and right all year, but 
Um, you know, another another alarming stat to me last night was the fact that I think they were like 0-9, 0 for 10 on third down. Yeah, they didn't convert like, a single one. I saw that this that, morning and I almost threw up. That was that was really the toughest part for me, I think, breaking down this one and looking at like it was what a six point loss, but it felt like so much more looking at the box score. Yeah, and, and you know Coach Hammock likes to win the time of possession. We lost time of possession by nine minutes. Not too crazy on the penalties. We've gotten better at that over the last few weeks, only five for 50. But, yeah, we outgained them. You had 365 yards. Like, you converted a fourth down. But if you if you don't – like, I'd like to see a stat of all the games in football history where a team didn't convert a single third down. Like, I, I'm willing to bet any amount of money that those teams just don't win those games. Right. Because, you know, at the very least, converting a third down on a drive that you don't score at least keeps your offense out for a couple more minutes. And I think maybe we're just a little bit too predictable on those money downs. And we don't, like, last year, a lot of times it was just Rocky and Rat. And it was just like, is Rocky going to have it or is the Rat going to have it? And this year, we haven't had – obviously Rocky and the backs right now, like Brown only had six carries Whaley had, or they both combined for like 12 total carries. Like they didn't get, a and lot. I believe Whaley got hurt again. Yeah. So they I, had, I had a, heard... 11 carries and Whaley. Yeah. Whaley was six for nine. So if he got hurt again, I hope he's okay. And they just got to shut him down for the season. There, there was, I believe two of the backs Whaley. And then I believe I heard Brown had limped off at some point too, but, um, I guess we'll hear more about that or see more of it come next weekend. Um, but I think switching gears from the offensive side, because a lot of – we talked about this yesterday during the game. They were gaining eight to nine yards on first down. Mm-hmm. Every, at the end of the every, game, bro, at the end of the game, too, to, to close us out, it was so easy for them to do that. I mean, give it to the quarterback, too. I mean, he was shifty. He he definitely was able to make moves, and Coach Hammock talked about that even before the game. Um, you know, they had they had both quarterbacks. One obviously with the possibility of being hurt, but you know, guy came in last night and definitely made the plays. They were they were going at us fifty fifty balls too, and boy, they were not fifty fifty balls last night, unfortunately. Well, and I think too when we were getting beat, like on a couple of those touchdowns, it was like alarming the level of beat that our our corners were. Like there was a couple. I know there was one that stuck to my mind where where CJ was right there, but the touchdown it may have been the hip and hammer touchdown to get them up to like twenty three or to twenty two or whatever yeah. it was. But yep. that guy had yards of space in front of him. Like there was no one around him and. I don't know. I feel that on the defensive side of the ball, it hasn't been so much, you know, the front the front four and the front seven. The front seven's dealt with a lot of injuries, but I think the guys that have played, uh, like Nick Alvarado, have stepped up. And, you know, you get good games from Nick Routine. You get good games from Jaden Dolphin. You get good games from pretty much everybody in the, in the whole front seven. But the secondary has been so injured this year that – it really just makes it harder on everybody else, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, and you touch about that front seven, too. They got home last night. They were getting home when they needed to. It was just those key plays of, you know, going deep, and then on third down, that quarterback just finding ways to get out and evade tackles. And I feel like we've said it for since we started this thing. It's just we got to tackle better. 
we got to tackle better. I get yeah. it slippery. You know, that guy, yeah, obviously everyone's out there covered in snow, but man, you got to bring him down somehow. Yeah, and I think, too, I talked about it on the pregame show. Like, Miami of Ohio was an offensively deficient team for a majority of this season. They didn't look like a team that was scoring a lot of points. And then, two, you factor in that they lost their starting quarterback in Brett Gabbert last week on the last play of the game, almost like in a meaningful situation, if you will. And it just makes things a whole lot tougher for everybody else. But – their quarterback came to play. I mean, when you pull this game up by the box score, all three leading stat getters are all Ohio play or Miami of Ohio players. And a lot of that started with the quarterback. So I know you mentioned his ability to run the ball on the day, 285 total yards for Avion Smith. He had 105 on the ground and 185 in the air. And then uh, he had two touch or three touchdowns, two on the ground and one in the air, the one to hip and hammer. So yeah. You know that we struggle with a dual threat because those corners get their eyes stuck in the backfield. And then, yeah, maybe they'll come up and make a play, you know, when he runs and they'll get the tackle. But it's not, that's not the same result every play. There's going to be a few times where, you know, you get beat deep and it's because you were looking in the backfield expecting that quarterback to run. Yeah. I mean, I, I think out of the three of us that were sitting there cheering the loudest. I mean, we were, we were giving out pass ball calls and it just felt obviously like, that, felt like Russell Wilson down there, dude, that, <laughs> that crowd obviously was sparse last night too. But um, yeah, I, I think it's just those plays of, of getting beat deep and, and turning your head. That was the one thing that really scared me the most too, was that we just didn't know where the ball was coming and we we're, obviously keeping an eye on the receiver, but not being able to go up with him and tracking the ball. I think that's one thing that we got to be better at. And like I said, I think we were able to get home last night. I'm looking at the box score right now to see how many times we got. Uh, the, ta- I, the tackle shit is all sorts of messed up. I'd have to pull up the NIU live stats from the game, but yeah. The, yeah I've seen three it's, sacks. It's, yeah, that does. It's, so they it have four, four total tackles from the game. Oh yeah, I did just see that. Okay, yeah, that's not right. But, but I, it, I mean, but they if got it does have three point. sacks, if it has three sacks, that's legit though. We just we had more than four tackles. We were able to get in there and and able to disrupt some things. It was just a matter of what one or two, maybe three big plays that ultimately changed that game on defense. Yeah, and it's another game that we sit back here as we're, you know we're really now not bowl eligible at all because you can't go five and seven. And another game that you lose by one possession that you have your chances to win late and you're just not able to make enough plays to continue that game. And it's frustrating as all hell, but I think that there's a little bit of comfort in knowing that, look, we got one game left. You play Akron. It's senior day at Husky Stadium. That's all the, you know, all the incentive that you need to go out there and win a football game for your guys that may never put a pair of pads on again, you know? Look, I mean, I think we we're going to go throwback here while I'm on here. We say here after they went 0 and 6 in that COVID year and said the exact same things that we're saying right now going into an off season. I have no doubt in my mind that especially with the people we've got coming back and this group that's in there now and another off season of recruiting from coach Hammock, I mean, I I don't see a reason why this team can't be back in the conversation to win this conference again next year. 
Yeah, and then too, you throw in the fact that it's literally the MAC, bro. It's not. It's not the SEC or the Big Twelve or or the ACC or any of these power conferences. There's usually a team that has a uh, on paper a good chance, and usually that team doesn't end up actually going to Detroit. Both. This was actually the predicted matchup, if you don't recall. Northern Illinois versus Miami of Ohio in Detroit. That's what everybody in the media selected coming into this season. So interesting, interesting stuff that it never works out that way. And then you remember the year that we end up going, we were picked last. So you get Rocky back, you get, you know, Rukowitz will be back next year. Looking forward to seeing Wei Lee and Brown grow another year. Cradle looks like he's going to be a guy. Uh, we haven't seen Blakemore that much over the last few weeks. So it'll be interesting to see uh, where he ends up back out on the field. But yeah, I mean, defensively is where they really have to get better. They have to work hard in the offseason. You're obviously going to lose a couple guys, uh, defensive linemen like Jeff Griffin. You'll lose Kyle Pugh. You're going to lose a couple more people that you'll find out after the game on Saturday, and you'll probably be a little bit sad about hearing that you didn't know going into. But one thing I'll say, man, as as someone who supported these, these guys, a lot of these guys since they were freshmen, sophomores, just appreciate – everything that they do out there on Wednesday or Saturday, because I mean, dude, at the end of the day, it fucking sucks to lose. Nobody wants to lose. They're not losing on purpose. They're putting their, their blood, sweat and tears and all their time into this. And you know, the results just aren't following, but there's not one guy that I've come across. And even this goes back to when we were interviewing people, some of those people have graduated that wasn't fully dedicated to trying to make the program better, trying to make the guy next to them better and having a whole lot of fun while doing it, you know? And those are the guys you want around the program. And I think, you know, in talking to Coach Hammock and in several other of the coaches throughout these years, we've heard and we've spoken to them ourselves, just those type of program guys that you want and those type of guys that aren't aren't there for, you know, maybe they aren't there for the NIL. They're there to play football. And I think that's another thing about this conference, too, that is so great is that they're full of competitors. You know, we, we've touched on just how many Mac guys go pro every year and how many Mac guys we see in the draft. And, you know, we talk about seeing our guys in the league, but, you know, it, facts are facts. You know, the Mac doesn't put out as many as the SEC. The Mac doesn't put out as many as the Big Ten or the ACC. But that's what ultimately makes this conference so great. And that's why they put these games on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday nights throughout the week, because football guys love football. And Mac Maction football is full of football guys well yeah no football guys and girls if you were out there at husky stadium last night but one thing that i saw uh this morning that kind of was just like well what the fuck dude like central michigan had an infinite amount more of snow than we had at husky stadium and they also had an infinite amount more people in the stands at that game so like even those you know central michigan's fighting to get to four and six you know what i'm saying so I understand maybe there's a little bit more hunger to go to those games, but still just like as a fan base, it's almost just like you can't expect them to win the Mac every year if we don't even show up when they lose, you know? Well, you know, I'm going to call, like call out those same people that stood out there freezing for three hours for, for Barstool yesterday, but didn't bother to come over to the game. Like I didn't see any of you in that game yesterday. Like we were out there start to finish. <laughs> yeah, dude, credit, Shout out credit Barstool for coming. Like, the fact that you mentioned this game being the potential or like the, you know, the, the most anticipated Mac championship game going into the season. And yeah. then Barstool just mocking us for being one of the absolute worst games. Like 
They said no, it might be the worst. They said it might be the worst game that any game day show has ever gone to host. They they very well could be right on that. I mean, what better what better way to celebrate action, I guess? But yeah. I I I don't know. I just I truly think that you know we talk to these guys. We you know off off the air, off record, whatever it may be. You know they they want to win. They're working hard week in and week out. And you know I think one thing that we know. We see it. We see it on Facebook with the fans. We see it ourselves. It's just, you know, battling a lot of injuries this year. And I think that a very winnable opponent like Akron coming in next weekend is a very good way to get that momentum going into next year. Yeah, and it's a senior day game. It's it's at home. I'm assuming it's going to be frigid. It's going to be cold. But, I mean, if there's one day to get out during the season, even though it may not be fighting for – a trip to go to Detroit or a trip to go to a bowl game is you got to find a way to get, get out there on uh on senior day to make sure that you send those guys off the right way. And we even saw oh, a former friend or not former, but former Husky and friend of the program, Braden Patton uh, after last night's game. So it's always good to catch up with those guys after they're done. And for those of you guys that saw Braden in the USFL, he will be back for another year of Pittsburgh ball or football. Yeah, it was very good to see him and be able to – he's one of those guys, too, that, you know, we were stopped, what, every five, ten seconds just because either a coach or a player came up to him and, you know, was either giving him a hug or dapping him up, you know. And he's just one of those guys that you love to have around, you love to have be in your locker room, you love to have in, you know, the weight room on the field, whatever it may be. There's just a lot of good dudes in this program, and, you know, I'll, I'll take my time here to, to thank all those guys that really, you know, got us started and, and got us to where we are, you know. I, I mean, I, I never thought that we'd be here talking to Coach Hammock in, what, the second week that we started this podcast, but, um, you know, a lot of great people here from, from the top down, the coaching staff to the players. Uh, just it's a class act here, and, I mean, I can tell you that it's the same thing on the football field. Yeah, and you only hope that they can figure it out and get right here in the offseason and, and find a way to put out a better product next year and a more competitive product. But, yeah, the ball did not roll our way, unfortunately, last night. Um, and you find a way – you find yourself on the wrong side of a football game by six points, and that's kind of been our kryptonite last year. We were that team that was winning games week in and week out based off of winning one-possession games. This year, we don't have that same juice, and hopefully they can re rekindle some of that juice in the offseason. But as far as, like, players of the game, who would you say for offense and defense are your players of the game? Well, because I know who you're going to go on the offensive side of the ball. I think we've done enough of these that I just pretty much pick up on who you're going with. I'll stick with Ontario Brown. I mean, he broke off that really nice run. Um, you know, his his capability of finding the hole – being on that side of that run yesterday was super cool. Just watching the, the hole open up and watch him go through it and break off that 80 yard touchdown run. He's a guy that I just love watching run the ball in this entire backfield. Anybody that you plug and play back there is just fun to watch run the ball. And, um, you know, I, I miss my guy, Trayvon Rudolph. He's the most electric guy on that field. I miss him this season. So shout him out right now, but we'll get him right and get him back out next year. But offensive side. Yeah. I'm going to go Ontario Brown five carries, 97 yards like that's all you can ask for just unreal production from him especially coming off an injury but yeah who do you got on defense 
Well, as the special guest, I mean, I have to go with it. Uh, you know, we're the old people, so we got to support the old people and go with our guy Kyle Pugh. I mean, just hearing his name get called week in and week out is just it, – it's an incredible story. Um, you know, I, I always got to support our guy here battling through pretty much every damn advers- adversity that was thrown at him. And getting him out there next week will probably be a very emotional moment, and I'm going to give him the player of the game. I, I, we don't know how many tackles. He says he got zero tackles. I don't think that's, that's true. Yeah, that's not true. I know that, he had a few That's not there. true, but I'm going to give it to him. Shout out our boy Kyle Pugh and uh, wishing him well at the next level as well. Yeah, not shout out to ESPN's stats. Like, Jesus, get it together. <laughs> but, yeah, for me, um, I mean, you got to know where I'm going with this one. I called it on the pregame show. I called my shot on Twitter. I texted him and told him before the game, you are scoring a touchdown tonight before even knowing it was his birthday. And sure as shit, he scores the first touchdown of the game into the end zone that we were all sitting at. So we were going nuts. A lot of let's go, Liam's, all that. So someone that – We're going to get that special touchdown, Sully. Yeah, we, we know need you that. know, but we're yeah. going to get that special <laughs> touchdown, Sully. Yeah, it was a, he was a little toned down on the Sully from what I understand Liam does for his touchdown, Sully's. But, yeah, we'll – We'll see it at another end zone somewhere near you soon. But if you look, hey, if you look at the highlights, bro, he gives a little shove to that defender in the end zone. Like, get off me. I just got in the end zone. So <laughs> he's been scoring a lot this year, him and Tristan. So it's been good to see both of them grow. And uh, that's another guy, too. So, uh, Saturday's it. It's his last game as a Husky. Someone that has been on the show many times. Someone that I consider a friend, you know, someone that has definitely helped us a lot or at least myself out a lot uh, in the last year or so just by with all the interviews and all the help that he's given me. But good to see him get in the end zone and finish his career off on the right note. And then on the defensive side of the ball, I think I'm going to go – I think I'm going to go neck roll. We roll, we roll with the neck roll. Got to gotta show love where it's due. And honestly, just to see – Similarly, you know, the way you shout out Kyle Pugh, you know, looking at the way Nick Rattine has grown from a young man in this organization to a grown-ass man out there, a feared force out there in the second level of defenses for, you know, line better for running backs and receivers coming across the middle. It's been good to see his growth, and uh, I'm happy to see the way he's playing this year, man. It's been great to see. But other than that, what you know, what other final notes do you have from – this stinker. Uh, it, wasn't, I think, it wasn't as much of a stinker as it could have been. 29-23 is not a terrible game. I mean, I think we got to give the Golden Boot Award to our guy Tom Foley. Five punts, 162 yards. Yeah. If that's right. He's been good, dude. I like it. I like he, the kid. We got to give we got to give the Golden or the, the Pat McAfee whatever award that well, uh, we give. can't we can't call him Legatron because there's only one Legatron in my eyes and Matt Ferentz, but we'll have I'll have to come up with a nickname for him because Foley is out there just dropping nukes with his leg. Hey, we also got the ten yard punt from Justin Lynch. Can't forget. <laughs> yeah, the streets won't forget. On the topic of Justin, though, I've kind of talked about it off air, and I, I mean I'll say it on air. You got a feel for the kid, right? He left. He left Temple. He transferred here, school that he grew up watching. He grew up watching his brother dominate at. As I watch Aaron Rodgers just get smoked, let's go. And for Justin, things aren't going his way right now. And from an outward view, it looks as if they don't believe in him because they don't give him any opportunities to throw the football. So 
in my eyes, you got to try and find a use for the kid. Even if we, his brother ended up trying to play running back when we, when he went to the NFL, what if we throw Justin Lynch in like, kind of like a little rat dog role? It's like a short yardage guy. It. Short yardage I mean, what guy. better way? Right. What better way with a coach too that has the running back pass to implement that? He'll always be a threat to run the ball. He'll always be a threat to throw the ball out of the backfield. And I don't know. I just, I feel that right now, you know, Kremiscoli's looked all right, but they're not really running that true two quarterback system, which has been weird because it's not like Kremiscoli's been been blowing it out of the water and playing like top level football. Yeah, I think it's overall just be interesting as a whole to really see what they do with that quarterback room, especially now that Rocky is coming back. Um, you know, I mean, they're young outside of Rocky. He's kind of like the grandpa in the room, but. Uh, you know, they're super young at that position. And with the, you know, I don't know what the red, the red shirt situation is like right now, but, you know, being able to give maybe one of those guys that red shirt next year and, and able to keep them around and get them going in that set too. I don't know if that has anything to do with it. Maybe that the quick change of rotation with the quarterbacks and obviously uh, Rocky going down and then uh, Ethan going down as well. You know, you never know if maybe that's just, uh, you know, we wanted to give him more time uh, this year, maybe to kind of grow into things. But, um, you know, I'm sure Coach Hammock has a plan for that. And I, I'm i just in- excited to see as a whole this offense because they have so much depth. We've talked about it years past, just how much depth these or this team has as a whole. And you look at that quarterback position, how many guys had to step up this year? Four? Yeah. So I, you're gaining experience in 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 plays, um, and I'm excited to see, like we said, Nevin's grown in in a few short games, and be interested to see what kind of role they implement Justin in. Yeah, and I just you know I just want to see the program move forward. Um, Coach Hammock's got a lot of work to do in the off season with the guys that we got, and a lot of those guys are coming back, and they've been doing well on the recruiting front. So. Hopefully just continue to add more guys. I'm sure there'll be a couple guys uh, via the transfer portal that will be added as there has been over the last few years. And those guys, you know, if you look at what Rukowitz has done this year, their eye for talent in the transfer portal is very good. And they found guys that can contribute right away. Uh, same thing with what Isaiah Green may coming from Wisconsin. I mean, he's, he's made an impact this year too. Yeah. Yeah. He's been playing lights out that whole, that whole front, Front seven, dude, is fucking nuts to me. But for next week, obviously, because I won't, well, I won't talk to you on the show by next week. But what do you have uh, for like a score prediction, and who do you want to see a breakout game from for next week? I just want to see us come out and really just play a full, complete football game. I, I don't really want to see any one star come out and 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 really shine. I think I just want a full, all around, one hundred percent team win, and with an opponent like Akron coming in with one win on the year, you know, this team is hungry for a win. And I, I was going to say it earlier, they win this game on Saturday. They're going to act like they just won the Mac championship. Like I can tell you that right now, just to get that, get I'm that sure monkey fans, off their back. I'm sure our fans will fucking love that. <laughs> <laughs> the Facebook fans, the Facebook fans. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, I think they just, they want to win a football game and that will is there. We saw last night, what better way to go out on top 
to to cap off this season than beating Akron. I think it's gonna I think it's gonna be one of those same high scoring games that we've seen year in and or, I'm sorry week in and week out this year. Um, I'm gonna go 34-28. Uh, NIU is able to pull it out over Akron. Oh, that's crazy that you said that because they played a game a few weeks ago that was 34 to 28. I'm going with it. I'm going with it. I think it's it's going to be close. We played those one possession games, but I I think this is the week that we finally are able, you know, get that third down stop, fourth and long, incomplete pass game over. And I I truly, I feel it. I feel it. I think it's time for us to, to really show what we've got and just another week of, I mean, hell, we've got what week and a half now of getting ready for Akron. So, yeah, I think I, I feel good about this one. And then where can we uh where can we follow you at on Twitter and where can we find your work? Yeah, same stuff. Um I know you you never got it when you did have it right in front of you. So uh at <laughs> at Ethan underscore wiles ten. Uh it's on Twitter. Um, take a second here, bro. just wanna say thank you to everyone that uh you know followed us from, from the start and has continued to follow me and following the work that you've done. You know, I know I've told you off the record, but the work you've done, putting putting the work in with both NIU, Notre Dame, Bears, everything at ONTAP, man, it's incredible. And to be a part of that for, what, two years of it was was an incredible start. And it's awesome to now do it together at press conferences and out at games. And it's only going to grow from here. So, Yeah, and where uh, – so what what exactly is the position you're holding right now and where can we find that work at? Yeah, uh, right now about to be doing weekend uh, sports reporter for Channel Thirteen WREX out in Rockford. Uh, so not too far from from the uh, DeKalb area. Uh, still in touch with NIU, still covering that stuff. So I'll be keeping up with the press conferences and stuff like that. Might not be able to get out to as much of them, but keeping up with them on YouTube and keeping up with them uh, through you and keeping in touch with the players and, and really shout out to them as well. Just the players that we've talked to over the years, um, you know, guys that came up to us last night and just, you know, said hi or whatever it may be. I mean, they're the reason we do it. You guys, the fans, the listeners are the reason that we did this. You know, I don't think we thought that it was going to ever be what we thought it was. And, um, you know, now to see you in the press box every week and, and be a big J for NIU, it's incredible. And to see us really grow up is, uh, see us grow up in the industry as well just it's incredible man and i can't thank you enough for letting me be a part of the ride and and let me come back for one more episode yeah so right now obviously we started so we started the show we run out of time too because i'm still poor and i'm not paying so the first recorded episode of the show was january 14th 2020 with mckelty williams um and it is November 17th of 2022 and probably by the time this this show comes out we will have reached 12,000 listens in that time span so yeah kind of to echo that same sentiment like we always talk about how we have the best listeners best followers people that have been along with us uh you know from when Ethan was still here and then obviously last year he went and got you know the the job that he had been looking for so I I do. I went solo and it's been solo since, but yeah, to have friends in the industry and to have, and to see, you know, yourself doing well and, you know, even the show doing well, it's been a fun time and a great growing experience. And 
hopefully uh you know one of these days i'm up there on a different desk if not the same desk as you just like the old days but again dude I our do... listeners to this will be will be shell-shocked to see us calling the game on espnu or espn <laughs> plus in like 12 years and we're just up in that same press box yeah and that's what you're gonna, gonna have to get all the names right for all the times we were mean to the announcers on twitter because it won't be the names, names right bro it'll be the pronunciation of the names for you that's always how it goes <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, I appreciate you for waiting today. Uh, I had a little bit of issues with Zoom. I had an old person moment where uh, my Zoom account had just been like associated with my student email, which obviously not a student anymore. So eventually that email was going to die out. And that night was last night when it decided it no longer wanted to work. It was already getting late. And I was like, let's just do this tomorrow. So you'll be hearing us Friday morning. This afternoon, though, I'll be heading over to the facility Two players listed on the docket, but there's only one player that needs to be on the show, and I think you know who it'll be. That man is Kyle P. We'll hear from him on the preview episode for the Akron game as he heads into his final game at Husky Stadium. So I'll try and get at least like 10 to 15 minutes from Kyle. Ethan, I really do appreciate you uh, for taking the time. Obviously, thanks for coming out to the game and engaging in the degeneracy and debauchery that, you know, like I said, I was like, I haven't screamed at a football game in like a year. Or like, you know, I'm just screaming at my TV. So it felt good to be back in our element, having a couple of drinks, eating way too many stadium hot dogs and just rooting on the boys. So that being said, dude, I really do appreciate it. This was another episode of Huskies on Tap presented to you by Fatty's Pub and Grill and brought to you by On Tap Sportsnet. I'm your host, Brandon Suarez. You can follow me on Twitter at BDON300. Make sure to, you know, check out Ethan's work over at WREX13 and give him a follow at Ethan underscore Wiles10. Really do appreciate you for listening and go Huskies. Go Huskies. Yeah. I got drink of living lips in the kitchen with magic. I got drink of living lips in the kitchen with magic. Bad bitch, bad habits. We got London on the track. I ain't asked now for nothing. I took the heart away. Toya put me over, coming with it. They took my heart away. Heart away. Heart away. Heart away. Heart away. Jumping in hard away.